Welcome to Impractical Info, where today I chose a topic that's super interesting, but I have a hard time pronouncing. Anthroposophy. 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 Let's say it together one more time. Anthroposophy. Okay, so the Oxford definition is this is a formal educational, therapeutic, and creative system established by Rudolf Steiner seeking to use mainly natural means to optimize physical and mental health and well-being. If you've listened to my Ebogain episode, uh, you will know that I had a friend and neighbor who is a doctor, and this is another one of his fun topics that sort of came up one day after he probably drank a bottle or two of wine. So, through Steiner's anthroposophy, an individual is supposed to grow spiritually by what some call uniquely human abilities to develop clear thinking and a truthful perception of the world. This practice is meant to be the first path to having a better understanding of the physical world. And of course, if you apply it diligently, uh, it's also supposed to lead to higher moral conduct. So yeah anthroposophy that's what we're talking about today let's jump in anthroposophy is supposed to sort of lead to this better understanding of the physical world and it's supposed to sort of help you become a better person eventually it's supposed to lead to insights on how the spiritual world works and just a more compassionate understanding of like how this you know complex interweaving of both the physical and spiritual world uh, are together. Anthroposophy was born out of the philosophy of freedom and it was developed by Steiner at the end of 19th century in the beginning of like the 20th century. It's rooted in philosophies of you know Aristotle, Plato. Primarily it's defined by the method of research and then the second is sort of how the possible knowledge or experiences that this leads to. So some call anthroposophy a spiritual science. One of my sources mentions that it also has these possible practical implications and because of that it lives as sort of this applied or practical anthroposophy um, in some like daughter movements. The most developed of these daughter movements of anthroposophy are biodynamic farming, these Waldorf schools, and anthroposophical medicine. In more than two dozen books and like 6,000 transcribed lectures, Steiner talks about this path of inner development that draws upon all of the world's spiritual streams, but it has this like special insight to human needs and abilities in the 20th century and then into the future. So simply put, Steiner expressed large parts of his anthroposophy from two perspectives. So one is this thinking, feeling, willing, and he uses this triad of concepts when he presents topics like human, the human physical body, as well as sort of this the psychological and spiritual phenomena. There was, I mentioned Waldorf schools, and the first one was founded in 1919 and they were using the thinking, feeling, and willing that were sort of their point of departure from Steiner's presentation of the central pedagogical and human aspects of Waldorf education. The other major complex of concepts of Steiner's work builds upon a fourfold division of, you know, the wonder of the world, uh, which is through the so-called kingdoms of nature and the four elements. So Steiner arranged minerals, plants, animals, and mankind into this sort of like split into four structure. And all of them have like a physical body, 
and they can be observed and they can be placed as like, you know, materially perceptible. You can see them, you can feel them physically, they exist. Plants, animals, and mankind then have a life in themselves that Steiner characterizes as their etheric body. And then animals and the human being used their senses, and ability to move in a conscious and often intelligent way. They communicate with their environment. It's almost like a Venn diagram, but not. But what we start to see is there's sort of like these crossovers of where where some of these four structures do have some crossover, some overlap, where they have similar, I guess, characteristics or similar principles. Steiner, according to him, fundamental abilities of consciousness, like uh, sensing, moving, being awake, communication are the qualities of an astral body i laughed yes and that the human being has this ability of reflection self-reflection and restraint which is something that we don't see in other things uh, in nature and he associates these qualities with the ego and then again he breaks it down to this other like four some things which are physical etheric astral and the ego and these are the concepts in anthroposophy that often turn up when you're like looking through steiner's descriptions and especially in that waldorf education their key concepts in their pedagogy but when it comes to education it's not taught in waldorf schools but Waldorf teachers, like Sunbridge, which is like one of my sources, they use insights gained through their study of anthroposophy to understand and apply Steiner's insights into child development. So they're not necessarily, like they're not necessarily teaching these kids anthroposophy, but they study anthroposophy and try to implement the rules of anthroposophy into their education. And according to the Waldorf School, they kind of say that they're creating this uniquely humane and nurturing environment, and it's supposed to help to foster the development of like the whole child. Uh, so that's their head, their hands, and their heart. I think on paper this sounds really interesting. You know, as a you know, as an ex-teacher, I think that it's sort of one of those things where all of us who kind of got into education and were super, you know, gung ho about the whole thing, um, you know, changing things and having an impact, and then realizing that the system won't actually let you do it. Um, it's kind of it's kind of cool to at least hear that there are schools that have that sort of baked in to their their whole system it's not just you as a single teacher trying to do it you know in your own way so that's in terms of education but when i was looking at sort of like the the medicine aspect of anthroposophy because like i said there's so many facets like it's it's in education it's in medicine it's it's you're basically it's your whole being it's your whole way of existing is is the idea when i went to wikipedia to look up anthroposophical medicine the first sentence had bias like smack you right in the face. So it, the, the first thing that it said is anthroposophical medicine is a form of alternative medicine based on pseudoscientific and occult notions. I mean, as someone who believes in magical things like crystals, I guess I just... I'm, there has to be something said for calling something a philosophy or stating that something is like completely pseudoscientific or based on occult notions, a lot of the things I was reading about anthroposophy could lead to these ideas, you know, that they're they're based on this. Uh, but there are a lot of other things that I was reading that it actually does sound more of like a philosophy rather than 
than something like witches and their familiars, you know, like these occult notions. So uh, it goes on to say many drug preparations used in anthroposophic medicine are ultra diluted substances, similar to those used in homeopathy, and homeopathic remedies are not medically effective and are generally considered harmless, except when used as a substitute for scientifically proven and effective cure. And it's just like, okay, but there has to be some basis for homeopathy. I mean, I know people who are studied veteran doctors who, you know, have medical degrees and have been working as doctors for many years, and they still believe that homeopathy, there is something in it. uh, And there is something that does make sense about it. So I don't know, it gets complicated. But anyways, whoever wrote Wikipedia's page on anthroposophical medicine obviously does not dig alternative medicines. What can I say about that? Uh, Anthroposophic medicine departs from the fundamental biological principles uh, of, you know, Western medicine, as we call it, in several respects. Uh, For example, Steiner sort of said that the heart is not a pump, but that the blood, in a sense, pumps itself. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. So there are parts where I do sit there, and I mean, it's not like I'm looking at anthroposophy and saying, oh yes, like, it's perfect and it makes total sense. I'm just saying that, like, there can be some truths in some things. You don't have to take everything all at once. You can take bits and pieces of things you like and turn them into something else. Anyways, anthroposophic medicine also proposes that patients' past lives may influence their illness and that the course of illness is subject to karmic destiny. Now, there's like 50% of you, there's like two people listening, I'm guessing today. Usually I'm assuming none, but today we're gonna say two. So one of you is like rolling your eyes so far back that they're gonna get lost in your skull. And the other of you is like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I'd be really, really interested in finding out what you think. I mean, anthroposophy as a whole is really interesting because it it is sort of this mix of, you know, the physical world and, you know, the spiritual world and how those things sort of mix and they're interwoven, how they work together. We've sort of talked a bit about the applications in education. We've talked a bit about the applications in medicine. But the question I have that I'll leave you with today is, do you think that past lives can actually influence your illnesses? I actually had an experience with cellular memory release or something like that. It was a really long time ago. It had to be one of like the weirdest experiences I ever had. So cellular memory is this idea that there's like these traumatic memories that can be stored in individual cells and my healer at the time who was like this incredible magical lady performed this like uh, cellular release on me and the idea is that these traumas that are in your cells can cause illnesses that you suffer from today and it could be anything it could be like physical illness it could be like you know maybe things you feel if you feel sad a lot it could be something from like a past trauma that's like in your cells so she did some like prayer i sat on a, like a small bench she put pillows around me and then she basically i don't know what happened i like fell into some kind of trance and suddenly i had zero control over my body so the pillows are on the ground because i fell off the bench and then my body moved. I mean, I woke up and I was like on the another side of the room 
and I don't really remember a lot of what happened during it, but I do remember just her being there and like supporting my physical body. But the idea was anyways that it was releasing all of these past traumas, not just from my life, but from my past lives. And again, I don't know if it's true. All I know is it was very magical. It was probably one of the coolest things I ever did. And 100% I would do it again. Have you ever had a cellular release? <laughs> do you want one? Let me know. Anyways, I'm done for now. See ya. Thank you.